I'm Dr. Greg Popcheck. And I'm Lisa Popcheck. And you're listening to the best of More to Life. Today on More to Life, the peaceful parent. Are you experiencing parenting challenges? Let us help you find the answers you're looking for at 877-573-7825. Everyone says they want to have a great marriage and family and personal life. Well, the theology of the body reveals how you can actually achieve it. More to Life. The happiest couples know how to say I do to each other every moment of every day. Surprising. Relevant. Hopeful. Angela, let's not just settle for stopping your son's behavior. Exactly. Let's talk about the kind of young man you want to raise. Practical. Theology of the body-based answers for every part of your life. God's original blueprint didn't include depression and anxiety. Yeah, that's a human invention. God wants to set you free. Let's talk about making that happen. The life you were meant to live through the theology of the body. More to life. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. I'm Lisa Popchak. And today, the show is titled The Peaceful Parent. Is there even such a thing? <laughs> well, the good news is, yes, there, there can be, in moments anyway, and we want to help you overcome those challenges in parenting that are robbing your peace. Maybe the kids are driving you a little crazy these days. Maybe you and your spouse aren't on the same parenting page. Maybe you just don't feel like you're up to the challenge of being a, a, an effective or faithful mom or dad or any of the many other challenges that parents face, whatever the struggles you're encountering, let us help you find solutions and peace. The number to call, 877-573-7825, 877-573-7825. Well, and this is for parents at any age or any stage. If it is your... 40-year-old child that is driving you right up a wall and you're thinking I should be done I should not still be parenting or dealing with a conflict or ha what in the world I put in my time and they're still needy they're still wanting something from me they're still trying to deal with their issues whatever that is or if it's your infant that you're having or you're getting ready to have a child and you're scared to death and you don't know what to do because you're getting so much conflicting advice in other words at any point of parenting we're here to help you figure it out get some grace and some good tools today we, we like to joke that you are a parent forever in the line of Melchizedek and, uh, <laughs> that riff on you're a priest forever <laughs> well you're a parent forever too and so whatever age or stage you are dealing with let us help you make it easier at 877-573-7825 again that's 877-573-7825 Tell us about the parenting dilemmas or challenges or frustrations you're facing, and let us help you find the solutions you are looking for. Now, let's talk about the title of this for just a second, The Peaceful Parent. Well, we've got about 80% of the people listening right now who just had a wave of guilt wash over them. Hmm. That is not what this show is about. It's not about you walking around as though you're some cloistered cleric who's just never ruffled you're just you know humming gregorian chant under your breath all day the children never bother you there's 
never a conflict in personality. You're always in your perfect state of being receptive to the Holy Spirit, or you're a failure. No, that's not what parenting is all about. Parenting is a moment-by-moment, unscripted, fly-by-the-seat-of-your-pants-in-some-ways situation. There are good guidelines. There are things we can really tap into to make us a more peaceful parent and to have a more peaceful and happy family and to find our spiritual center in all of this. But that doesn't just happen because we opened our eyes in the morning and we happen to hold the title of parent. And, you know, Lisa, you, you know, talking about the kind of the Gregorian chant, you know, the, the, the monastic vision, right, right of, of, exactly. of being peaceful. Um, you know, one of the things that, that we've been working on, Lisa and I, um, and actually a whole team of other people as well, is trying to look at the question over the last couple of years, you know, what does an authentic family-based or domestic church-based spirituality actually look like? Because, you know, as Catholics, most of what we think of as Catholic spirituality is drawn from the monastic and clerical tradition, and it and it's beautiful, and to the degree that we can use it, it's great, but it doesn't tend to fit very neatly into messy family life. And so we get tons of calls from people who will say, you know, I had this great spiritual life before I got married and had kids, uh, as if somehow marriage and family life is antithetical to leading a holy life. And we've actually developed a program called Catholic Home, it stands for HOM, Households on Mission. Um, and if, in fact, you can join the Facebook group if you like it, it if you go to Facebook and uh, just search Catholic HOM, Family Discipleship. But the reason I'm telling you all this is because the first tip I'd like to share with you for being a peaceful parent is the idea that you don't have to have everything perfectly in order before you experience peace or invite God into the moment. You know, as parents, we have this idea that somehow, you know, prayer or encountering God is something that we do when all the laundry is done and the kids are in bed uh, and everything is perfectly fine. And and if if we if that's the attitude we've got, we never <laughs> we never get time with God. But God is an incarnational God, and the and and a, an authentic domestic church-based prayer life is one where. We're losing our minds, and we bring God into it, right? You we know, don't have to be losing our no, minds. No, but we're, you know, we're going but through the we day. Can. and we can. We know how to. Whatever we're doing, we're bringing God into it. Right. We're enjoying ourselves with our kids. We're bringing God into it and praising him for that moment. If we're struggling with our kids, we're bringing God into it and saying, Lord, you know, help me with these children. And in fact, you're praying with the kids yeah. and saying, you know, Lord, help us to get along better with each other. You know, to whatever it is that you're doing, you're bringing God into it. It's a different model of spirituality than the more monastic, let's get away from the world and go find God. The The spirituality of the domestic church is let's bring God into the moment. It's much more incarnational. It's a very different view. It's completely authentic with our Catholic tradition, but it's it's not the way we usually think about prayer and family life. And so, you know, that first step to finding peace as a parent is bringing God into whatever we're experiencing right now. That's not the only thing we're going to share today on the program, but I did want to start with that um, just to give you a little sense of, of what it means to be a peaceful parent and how it's possible to do it. 877-573-7825. We're taking your calls about the struggles you're facing. If your kids are driving you crazy or you and your spouse aren't on the same page or 
facing any other parenting challenge, let's work it out together at 877-573-7825. Every day on More to Life, we take a look at the topic of the day through the lens of St. John Paul's Theology of the Body. Um, And for those of you who aren't aware, the Theology of the Body was his reflection on what it means to be a Christian disciple in the modern world and how we can discover God's plan for leading a more abundant life and having healthier, holier relationships. And as we look at being a peaceful parent today, we have to acknowledge that it's hard work being a good parent. On particularly hard days, we can even question whether we're really cut out to be a mom or a dad. But the theology of the body reminds us that whether we are spiritual or actual parents, parenting, defined as the work of nurturing and encouraging the people who depend on us to become everything they were created to be is an integral part of being a human being. I'm sorry, I just want to hit that, because we, 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 we define parenting in the lens of the theology of the body in a different way we do. than other people do. You know, Most people think of parenting means having biological children. In the theology of the body's mind, Everybody is a parent because everybody is called to nurture and encourage the people who depend on us to become everything God created them to be. I'm glad you're emphasizing again because the, the difference is so important. And the church teaches us that we find ourselves by making a gift of ourselves. The theology of the body reminds us that in that sense, every human being was created to be some kind of parent. Every adult is first called to master the art of spiritual parenthood, and some of us are called to be actual parents as well. But whether, whatever shape your parenthood takes, God wants you to parent gracefully and well. Of course, saying that we're all made to be parents doesn't mean it always comes naturally. To find peace in our role, we need to be willing to learn the skills and develop the virtues that allow us to not only be good caretakers, but also healthy, holy people. God wants to accompany us on this journey so that we can learn to be a parent to others the way He is a parent to us, and so that we can experience the peace that comes with living as we were created to live. So yes, parenting is stressful, right? But but rather than simply reacting to our kids as if they're pushing our buttons, one of those skills that we need to learn, that Lisa was just talking about, was that skill of receptivity, where we can take a breath, <sighs> pause for a moment, and pray before responding to our kids' frustrating emotions or behaviors or the frustrating situation we're in. And if we can just do that much, even that little bit of pausing and praying before responding, it can help us respond much more effectively and help our kids learn to be more conscious about controlling their own behaviors and reactions. Our ability to be more receptive to God's grace in the moment can take down the emotional temperature of the entire household and give us a more peaceful, joyful, graceful home life. 877-573-7825. We're talking with you today about becoming a more peaceful parent, which does not mean pretending that you, you know, are a, you're handling it all perfectly and you're just blissed out and ignoring all the problems in your life. It means facing everything that you got to face, confident that God is standing with you. 
and having a toolbox that enables you to connect with the grace that God is giving you to parent his children well. The number to call, 877-573-7825, 877-573-7825. Let's take our concerns to the Lord, and then we'll start taking your calls. In the name the of the Father, Father the, the Son, Son, and, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for the gift of children and the gift of family. They really are such an incredible blessing, and it's such a gift to be able to see the world through our children's eyes. And yet, sometimes our kids can drive us crazy, and sometimes we don't feel like we're up to the challenge, and sometimes we're not on the same page with the people we're parenting with. And it's hard work. It's hard to be an effective parent, much less a faithful, effective parent. And so, Lord, we give to you all of our struggles, and we ask you to come into this moment whether it's a joyful moment or a stressful moment or a happy moment or a frustrating moment. And, yet, and we ask you to stand with us and parent with us and teach us how we need to use this moment to be more of the people you created us to be and help our children become everything you created them to be. So that through all the joys and struggles of parenting, we are able to hear your will and respond to your grace and become the whole healed godly grace-filled people you've created us to be we ask all this through the intercession of the blessed virgin mary and in the name in of the, the father, father the son and the, the holy, holy spirit, spirit. Amen. Amen. Pope St. John Paul the Great, pray, pray for, us. for us. And Holy Family, pray, pray for, for us. us. Today on More to Life, the peaceful parent. We're talking about parenting challenges of all kinds. Whether the kids are driving you crazy or you and your spouse aren't on the same parenting page or there's something else going on that's just robbing your peace as a parent and making you feel like you're just not up to the challenge of being a faithful, effective mom or dad. Whatever your struggles, let us help you find answers and the peace you're looking for, 877-573-7825. Let's talk now with Lana, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Texas on Guadalupe Radio. Hey, Lana. Welcome to More to Life. What's going on? Hey, you guys. Um, I was calling um, because we, we've actually talked to you guys a couple times. We are in, we were in the process of discerning to move, mm-hmm. okay. and we prayed about it as a family. Um, my husband and I prayed about it a ton. Um, in the beginning, we talked about, you know, moving more with the kids in our prayers, and then our prayers kind of turned into, God, you know, just put us where you want to see our family and also, you know, help us become the family that you are calling us to be. Um, through that, my husband and I have, um, we decided to put our house up for sale, and we have a rental to where we are moving, and now we're dealing with, you know, now is like the real life of the decision, yeah. um, you know of that things are, are, are getting very real. My husband feels very convicted that, you know, that this is going to be great for our family. I want to lean into that. I can see that too. But I'm also very empathetic to the kids. And I think the process of, um, like, removing themselves from their daily activities where they're present, you know, is a little tough. Um, I have an eighth grader mm-hmm. who says that he, you know, he is open to it. There are some good things that come for him at where we are looking um, but at the same time, I do have some fears and some worries, and I think that it is just fear. But um, he was, we moved a couple times in elementary school, and he's been in the same uh, school now from fifth to eighth grade. And I guess I was just wondering if you guys could weigh in a little bit. You know, if you have a solid family and you move and you feel like it's the right move, then, 
psychologically, does it end up, you know, for the most part, like, okay, I've read articles on, like, it can really affect kids or later on in life, and so that's yeah. where my... Well, I mean, it's not, it's not automatic, right? It's, it's, it's a lot about how you do it, right? And so, so yeah. let me just ask you, first of all, um, are, are the kids expressing any particular concerns, or is this more just kind of you're looking at the situation and, and, and sort of seeing the possibility? Our kids are sad. When, in, in the beginning when we mm-hmm. prayed about it, they were excited, and then mm-hmm. I think that, you know, the realness of it has hit. They're okay. very adjusted here, but it's also the life that we have helped build here. So yeah. I know God can provide that somewhere else for us, too, and we can do that, but they so are So how, how have you addressed their sadness so far? Like, what, what have you done with it? Um, I just have sat there and tried to just be there, be an ear, and just talk to them. Even my mm-hmm. son, who might not be the first person to say his feelings, I'm trying to pull it out a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and just be there for him, you know. And, and I know that they know it's going to be, you know, okay, because we are a solid family. But mm-hmm. I, it, it doesn't take away from, you know, sometimes the Yeah, no, the no, it's okay to grieve. I mean, and I think, I think, number one, you want to let them know that it's okay to, you know, to, to be sad, um, because... It's all about, you know, just, just recognizing what you've built together there and, and, and how important that really is. And to, to recognize the fact that, and say out loud for them, it's easy to grieve this because we know what we're giving up and we don't know the good that's going to come out of it. We don't know the great friendships you're going to make or the great things you're going to get involved in tangibly, but we do know what might seem scary. So it's easy to feel more negative and scared right now and and you don't want to try to be a cheerleader where you just take that away by saying it's gonna be wonderful it's gonna be, because they, they'll just feel like you don't get it right but so so it's okay to say you know like like so we're just saying you know, we, we don't know what you know we don't know what's there we know what we do have and we're you know sad about giving that up and that's okay that's okay I think part two is saying um, but the reality is we like it the reason we love it here so much is because we worked hard together to build this life you know, it, it, this didn't just all happen. We worked hard to create this together. And so our job is to work hard to create what we have and more in the new place. What do you think that would look like, guys? What would, what would, what would you want to be working hard to create together so that we can have all the benefits of this life that we have here and maybe even more? And just getting kind of kind of dreaming a little bit and, and talking about it, whether you think you can pull it off or not, just just talking it out. Step three is is bringing it to prayer, together as a family, and being honest. You know, you talked about you know wanting to make wanting to pull the kids out. Um, you know, our vision of prayer is is it's not just you know prayer time where you talk at God. It's it's a prayer time, it's a conversation with God that leads to a conversation with all of you right. that then goes back to more conversation with God. Right? So it's it's you're all sitting down together as a family and you're saying, you know, Lord, on the one hand, we're we're excited about this. There's a big big opportunity for us. On the other hand, Lord, we're, we're kind of scared and you know, we're going to miss a lot of stuff and you know, my son is going to miss this and my daughter's going to miss that. What do you, guys what, what are you what are you concerned about? Let's bring that to God right now. Okay, Lord, you know, help us, and then they do, and then you have, Lord, help us to know, first of all, to remember that you've given us the grace to build this life that we love so much here, but help us to have the grace to know how to build an even better life there, and to know what that would even look like, and to give us the resources to make sure that, that we are keeping all of this in mind as we follow this next step in our journey. You know, but, but the point is, you're, you're inviting them to be honest with God and you guys about what they're afraid of missing, what they're sad about, and, and, and really praying together 
about creating this life with God that you believe he's calling you to so that they're really part of that whole process as well. Lane, I want to thank you for the call. We're going to have to jump off here and go to our break, but I think this will be the next step in that discernment journey where you're praying together as a family about what you're giving up and what you hope to be able to build through God's grace, but giving everybody a a forum, both in your conversation with each other and the way you pray about it to express those concerns and also to start building those hopes and dreams for the next chapter of your lives together. Thanks so much for the call and for letting us be part of this journey with you. We've got to go to break. When we come back, we're going to be talking with Julia Dazelski. She is the Assistant Director of Marriage and Family Life for the USCCB's Secretariat for Laity, Marriage, Family, and Youth. She's going to be sharing some other insights on being a peaceful parent when More to Life continues after the break. Do you own popular index mutual funds or ETFs? If so, you're automatically owned shares of companies that conflict with your moral beliefs. Ave Maria Mutual Funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors can invest in the no-load Ave Maria Mutual Funds. The experienced professional portfolio managers make decisions based on investment fundamentals and pro-life values. You can learn more about Ave Maria Mutual Funds today at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. Maybe you've been hearing a lot about the need to make a spiritual communion while participating from home in a live-streamed or broadcast Mass. There's more to it than reciting the act of spiritual communion. We should begin by having sincere repentance for our sins and affirming our belief that Christ's death redeemed us. Next, we call to mind the spiritual gifts found in Christ's sacrifice and thank God earnestly for them. Now we are disposed to pray the traditional prayer of spiritual communion. Jesus, I embrace you and unite myself wholly to you. Hello, Steve Ray here. Everything in the Bible and in the Catholic Church starts with the book of Genesis. It reveals to us God's plan for mankind. Yet Genesis can be daunting, especially given the scientific discoveries of the last few centuries. Well, that's where I come in with my new book, Genesis, a Bible study guide and commentary. Discover a thoroughly Catholic approach to this exciting and dramatic ancient narrative that is so often misunderstood. You can get the book now on the store page at AveMariaRadio.net. Check it out. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And I'm Lisa Popchak. And you're listening to the best of More to Life. Welcome back to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. And I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And today's show is titled The Peaceful Parent as we talk about how to navigate parenting challenges gracefully. The number to call is 877 573 7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. Joining us right now, Julia Dazelski. She is the Assistant Director of Marriage and Family Life for the USCCB's Secretariat for Laity, Marriage, Family, and Youth. Julia, welcome to More to Life. Thanks, Greg. Lisa, it's great to be back. It's great to have you back. So, you know, we're talking about being a peaceful parent. What tips can you offer our listeners for being more peaceful parents? (laughs) Sure. Well, um, I can say that as a parent of young children, peace is something that I, I only dream about some days. Um, <laughs> right? Yeah. You, right. <laughs> it's in that day-to-day frenzy with babies and toddlers 
<clears throat> it, 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 peace really only comes at night sometimes for me um, after they're all tucked into bed. I, I recognize that. It's You go into to their beds and you look at them and you think, oh, this is what it's supposed to feel like. And then they wake up again. <laughs> right. <laughs> During the night, too. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but, <it's, laughs> but even... Even during those less than peaceful hours of the day, I am frequently reminded how children absorb everything. And this is something to, you know, bear in mind because, I mean, even recently, my four-year-old started to mimic what I say, especially what I shouldn't say, right? And she'll repeat it to others, like her preschool teacher. But she also absorbs what she hears and feels around her, you know? So if I'm tense, upset, or distraught, she will be too. But on the other hand, if I can respond to a stressful situation more calmly, then she will react similarly. So if we really want to make our homes a place of peace, even in the fray, <laughs> it can be cultivated in any moment. And like what Greg was saying earlier, invite God into the moment, which I find so beautiful. It, you know, it might take a mindful pause in the midst of the tumult. It might take a moment of time out to pray with your children and just invoke the Holy Spirit, like saying, Okay, kids, come gather around Mommy. We're going to pray to the Holy Spirit. Let's ask Him to bring peace upon us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and it's when that day or situation is just spinning out of control that you just make those invocations of the Holy Spirit. Or make the sign of peace together. Or let's just all do group hugs. You know, we like to do that in our home. Or bless each other on the forehead, which I find to be a really um, something that the children really like to do in return. You know, if you do it to them, they like to do it to you as well. So all of these gestures can just restore peace in our hearts and in our home in the moments when, you know, things seem to be just falling apart. What I like about your, your comments here is that it reminds us all that, you know, that, that, that bringing God into this doesn't mean that we have to make a special trip to church or that everything has to be put away in its place. Yeah, everybody has to kneel down and say <laughs> certain prayers and they can't do that because they're squirmy little kids. So then you just throw up your hands in, mm-hmm. in you know, frustration. It's really about cultivating that, that, that mindful, thoughtful uh, ability to bring God into whatever moment that you're in right now. And that's what really the source of the peace is. Julia, thank you so much for being with us. And of course, if folks would like to learn more about your good work, they can go to foryourmarriage.org. That's foryourmarriage.org, a great marriage and family a building resource from the USCCB. Blessings, Julia. Thank you so much for being back with us. Thank you. And we are taking your calls, listeners, about parenting challenges today on our show titled The Peaceful Parent. We talk about oh, all the things that kids do to drive you crazy or when you and your spouse aren't on the same parenting page or you're just not feeling up to the challenge of being a faithful, effective mom or dad. Whatever the struggles are, let us help you find answers in peace at 877-573-7825. That's 877-573-7825. Is there a universal call to prayer? The Catholic Catechism tells us man is in search of God. God, in the act of creation, called every being into existence from nothingness. Even after man sinned and lost his likeness to God, he remained an image of his Creator and never lost his desire for the one who called him into existence. All religions attest to man's essential search for God. The Catechism points out, however, that God calls us first to that mysterious encounter, prayer. God always initiates. Man's first step in the process is to respond. 
Prayer is a reciprocal call. Throughout the whole history of salvation, the covenant drama unfolds. The revelation of prayer in the Old Testament comes between the fall and the restoration of man. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. Catholic Connection with Teresa Tomio. There was a big story about this Catholic college saying, oh, we are going to open our doors to anyone who identifies as a woman. So a male student coming in, but if he calls himself a woman, that's fine. This is all about diversity and equality. This is a Catholic women's college. And so, thanks be to God, there was a lot of pushback. And guess what? The school rescinded. How important it is not to give up and to remember that we can and should respectfully, always with love, express our concerns. It doesn't matter. The victory is up to God. But sometimes we do see that success in the victories, as is the case with St. Mary's College, who says now it needs to go back to its roots and get a deeper understanding of what it means to be a Catholic college for women. Catholic Connections, Teresa Tomio. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And I'm Lisa Popchak. And you're listening to the best of More to Life. Hi, this is Dr. Greg Popchak. When you have conflict with your spouse, how do you react? All couples have disagreements, but your reaction to that conflict can be the difference between a happy and an unhappy marriage. Here are two common relationship-killing habits to avoid. Number one is expecting your spouse to read your mind. This easily leads to negative communication and anger that escalates the conflict unnecessarily. Take the time to identify this in yourself. Verbalize your thoughts. The second relationship-killing habit, withdrawing from the conversation when your spouse complains or criticizing. This could be a sign that you're bored or apathetic toward your spouse's feelings. A better approach would be to participate in the conversation, making sure your spouse feels heard. Gain mastery over these two relationship-killing habits and you'll be one step closer to living a truly exceptional marriage. For more tips on how you can effectively resolve conflict in your marriage, visit moretoliferadio.com. Welcome back. We're so glad to be with you today on More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. And I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. We're talking today about being a more peaceful parent, which can seem like an impossible dream, but the reality is by bringing God into any situation, we can be more peaceful parents. But call up and share. You know, are the kids driving you crazy? Is there something you'd like to help them stop doing or do better? Maybe you and your spouse aren't on the same parenting page, or you're just not feeling up to the challenge of being an effective, much less faithful mom or dad. Whatever your struggles are, let us help you find answers and peace at 877 573 Seven eight two five, and this is for parents at any age, any stage. If you are just starting out in parenting, or you've been parenting for decades, and your adult children are still doing stuff that's driving you a little bit crazy or a whole lot crazy, you're a parent, and we're here to help you today on more to life at eight seven seven five seven three seven eight two. That also includes our grandparents out there because so many grandparents now 
are helping to raise those grandchildren either part-time or full-time and you need help figuring out that dynamic because the world has changed since you raised your own kids. 877-573-7825. Let's talk now with Alma who's listening to EWTN Radio in Texas on Guadalupe Radio. Hi Alma, welcome to More to Life. What's going on? Hello, yes. Um, I'm a retired mom, and my son lives away from me. He's 31, but um, I have a son and a daughter, and my um, both kids were abandoned by their dad mm. when they were very young. They were four. My daughter was four, and my son was five. And yesterday, he, he turned 31. Dad has never wanted to come back to have a relationship, so I think he hurts for that. But his self-esteem is so low. And um, I wanted to buy him a book, and so I want a recommendation on what book um, he can read to forgive his dad and move on. And um, I'm, I'm a woman of faith, and I attend church, and I, I, I did a lot of work on myself for the abandonment, but he doesn't want to work on himself. Um, he's very broken. And so uh, he had a birthday yesterday, and I told him, when I told him, you know, you're very loved, he almost choked on, on his on his tears and I, if it wasn't for a phone call that I received he was able to get his composure at that time because uh, I picked up the phone uh, because I had to it was my other son but um, he I could I could tell something was there and it bothered me a lot and um, I just want to help him but of course, well, and of course you're saying you know it was his birthday and when when no matter how old you are you know you can hit 95 when you hit a birthday, you start thinking about mm-hmm. the parents that brought you into the world. And if one of them or both of them has let you down in some way, it still becomes a fresh wound. It opens that up again. So as much as I'm sure he's dealing with things, please also remember he was having an anniversary reaction to all of this. It doesn't mean he's always in that state. But I think it's important if it's coming up for him for you to be able to address it with him. Alma, let me ask you a question. What's his spiritual life like? Does he have a faith life? Does he pray? He, he's a believer because I brought up my children in church. Um, he, he's a believer, but he doesn't always, I mean, he says he has a relationship with God. I, I don't know it because he doesn't live with me, but um, I know he has an addiction to smoking and he has some friends that drink a lot, so okay. it's... Uh, well, so, 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 I mean, when you say, you know, because I, I, parents will often say that, and, and, you know, they, they'll often say, you know, I don't know about my adult children's spiritual life um, because, you know, they don't live with me. Um, you know, I want to encourage all, you and, and all parents to, um, how do I put this? It's not about lecturing, right? And it's not about um, testing. Did you go to church? Did you? It's, it's not about that, right? I mean, I, it's about discipling, okay? We, even, as a, even with adult kids, we, we, we still need to cultivate a, a healthy, close discipleship relationship with our children that shows them how to bring their adult problems to God, um, both through our own witness and through direct encouragement. And, and it can be tricky to do that well and have it be received well. I get that. But I mean, in, in, but in part in, by praying about it and in part by getting good resources to help you do it, it's what we want to be shooting for. I just want to start with that because I think that's, we've got to have a vision for what that healthy Christian relationship would be with our adult kids. Because, um, and and Lisa and I talk about this in our our book that just came out, 
um, having meaningful and sometimes difficult conversations with our adult sons and daughters. That's the title of the book. And, and we talk about how, you know, parents, especially Christian parents, tend to fall into one of two temptations. We're, we're either smothering our adult kids with our concern for them, you know, and we're being intrusive in the way we interact with them, or we're afraid to be intrusive so we don't do anything. And being a discipleship parent to our adult children is, is sort of the middle way there that allows us to build a close relationship, witness to them with our lives about how we bring God into our challenges and our sadness. So, for example, Alma, you know, in, in, in talking with your son about this, you know, to being able to say, you know, I, I often ask God, I know that you are sad that your father left us. Have you ever brought all of this to the Heavenly Father and asked Him to help come into those broken, hurting parts of your heart and show you how loved you really are and how wonderful you are to Him? Have you ever confessed your anger to God about your dad and maybe even me um, and asked your Heavenly Father to come into those hurting parts of your heart would you like to do that with me even now? You know, and if he says no, fine. But 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 you're putting it out there, okay? Um, I think the book "How to ha Having Meaningful, Sometimes Difficult Conversations with Our Adult Sons and Daughters" would be really helpful for you to know how to have a longer-term uh, discipleship relationship with your, both your kids, but especially with your son. Uh, you know, you asked for a book for him. I don't think it's as simple as that because I don't. I, we don't actually know what the nature of the problem is, right? Whether it really is this father wound, or whether it's uh, you know drinking problems, or or, wh or whatever. You know, there could be a lot of other things. But I think that what what I'm getting at here is that by developing more of this discipleship relationship with your adults, kids, you'll have a better bead on what the actual nature of the problem is and be able to share how you've dealt with similar problems in your life and brought God into those experiences and help connect him with resources that he might need, whether that be books or counseling. Um, and I would say that when we have adult children who have experienced trauma like abandonment, um, counseling is almost always indicated because it becomes such a, it becomes a thread that weaves through so many different parts of our life that needs to be cut out kind of professionally so that the person can overcome that stranglehold that that rejection often has on them. Uh, and so I think the, the most loving thing you could do is ultimately, you know, be, in addition to asking him to bring that pain to God and showing him how to do it, um, is encouraging him to seek good counseling help to let this go. The one thing, you, you know, you said he doesn't want to help himself. And this might be something that, this is a touchy conversation as well, but it's something you want to keep in mind and pray about how to bring it up to him. When adult children have been through trauma, unconsciously, they're often afraid to get better and to let go of that pain because there's a part of them that feels like if I can just hold on to this pain then that parent who abandoned me or disappointed me or didn't love me the way I wanted to be loved will finally notice and come and help me. Because that's what that, that child inside of him really wants. He, that, that part of him wants dad to come back and fix it. 
and, and I'm not saying he's doing this consciously or intentionally, but on, on an unconscious level, a lot of times adult children hold on to their pain and refuse to do things to, that would help them get better because they're hoping that the parent that let them down or the parent that abandoned them or hurt them will notice and finally come and be the parent they always wanted them to be. It might be helpful for you to point that out and say, you know, I heard this you know, on, on this show and I'm wondering if you f ever feel that way. And if you do, I think it's really important, son, that, that you tell that part of yourself that, that that's not the way to get these needs met. But to know that God still has a way to meet those needs if you first go to him and secondly get the help that you need to heal. And I want to support you in doing both of those things. How can I help? That's the attitude that you want to have on an ongoing basis to create this mentoring, discipleship relationship with your adult son so that you can help him bring his pain to God, be humble enough to accept the help that he needs, and recognize that perhaps he's been holding on to the pain in a false hope that his dad would come and finally f fix the damage that's been done, but then ultimately be able to find a new way to heal. Alma, I hope that these suggestions will give you some ways forward with this. And again, the book that we recommended, Having Meaningful, Sometimes Difficult Conversations with Our Adult Sons and Daughters. It's available at catholiccounselors.com. And with that, we have to let you go and head to our break. And as we head out to break, it's time for our scripture of the day, which comes to us from Deuteronomy chapter 11, verses 18 through 21. Take these words of mine into your heart and soul. Teach them to your children, speaking of them when you are home or away, when you lie down and when you get up, so that your children may live on in the land which the Lord swore to your ancestors he would give them. These words uh, that the scripture verse is referring to are the commandments, and specifically the commandment to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and strength. Um, but, you know, th we chose this verse because the most important thing we can do as parents is bring our children to God. Because our children come from God and will return to God. They're just on loan to us for a little while. So in the meantime, it's our job to bring him into every moment, from the moment we wake up to the moment we go to bed again, to bring him into every moment and show our kids how God is active and loving and a part of our family lives. We need to make sure that we are actively working to acknowledge the fact that he's dwelling in our home all the time with us. He's constantly at our elbow, being there, wanting to guide us, wanting to take care of us wanting to advise us in some way, wanting to nurture us, and we need to start bringing that into our homes. Too many of us as Catholics, especially if we haven't been catechized well, think if we just send them to Catholic school. Catholic schools are wonderful, but they're there to back up what we're doing in our home. It's, it can't just be a course the kids take once a day or once a week. It can't just be the, the set-aside prayer time where we get together, we do our rosary, and then we leave each other, and God's never mentioned again for the rest of the day. He's He wants to be there with us in every moment, and that's why I love Deuteronomy 11.21 so much, where it says, Speak of them when you are home or away, when you lie down and when you get up. In other words, all the time. Just acknowledge God in our lives and bring us into our daily lives all the time so that our children get to know him as their father, their best friend, their redeemer, their guide. 
of their course, life. Of course, it's not easy to do that. And if you'd like some guidance on how to make that a reality in your home, check out our books, Parenting Your Kids with Grace and Parenting Your Teens and Tweens with Grace, the very new editions of our classic parenting book that we split into two volumes now, one for kids infant through 11 and one for kids 12 through adulthood. That's Parenting Your Kids with Grace, Parenting Your Teens and Tweens with Grace. You might also check out Discovering God Together, the Catholic Guide to Raising Faithful Kids, which is really all about creating a family life where you can encounter Christ in your home and experience the faith as the source of the warmth in your home. That's Discovering God Together, the Catholic Guide to Raising Faithful Kids. All those titles and many more are available at catholiccounselors.com. We have to head to break now, but when we come back, we're continuing to take your calls about dealing with those parenting challenges that are driving you crazy. Let us help you find peace and the solutions you're seeking. 877-573-7825. We'll be back with more of your calls right after this. This program is brought to you by the following nonprofit underwriter. Are you longing to hear God's voice? Lord, Teach Me to Pray, the free Ignatian prayer series will open your heart to His voice, to the peace you are seeking, and the only love that fulfills the human heart, Jesus. God is calling you to true joy, knowing Jesus personally. Lord, Teach Me to Pray is free. Go to lordteachmetopray.com, click on the red box, order the Lord, Teach Me to Pray series now. Go to lordteachmetopray.com. Right now, as you know, America, Catholic Church, Really, the Western world is being shaken. But let me read this passage. Hebrews chapter 12, beginning at verse 25. We'll go to 29. The writer to the Hebrews says, His voice shook the earth at that time, but now he has promised, I will once more shake not only the earth, but heaven. And that phrase, once more, points to the removal of shaken created things so that what is unshaken may remain. We realize that nothing is fixed. Everything seems to be in flux. And that's why God's people need to be immersed in Scripture. Because there we come across the unchangeable and the unshakable God. Cresta in the Afternoon with Al Cresta for Eastern on EWTN Radio. We are the pro-life generation passionate about building the culture of life in our health care and in our nation. But not all health care options are equally pro-life and some provide morally objectionable procedures. CMF Curo is different. CMF Curo is a pro-life Catholic health care ministry providing a pathway for its members to build the culture of life in their health care choices, not destroy it. Learn more about CMF Curo at MyCatholicHealthCare.com. That's MyCatholicHealthCare.com. Want more tips for living a more joyful, abundant life through the gift of the theology of the body? Well, and follow us on Facebook at More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa, and on Twitter and Instagram at Catholic Counselors. We'll see you there. Welcome back. We're so glad to be with you today on More to Life. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and today the show is titled The Peaceful Parent. As we talk about the challenges we all face in being more peaceful, effective, faithful parents, 877-573-7825. We're talking now with Audie, who's listening to EWTN Radio in California on the EWTN app. Hi, Audie. Welcome to More to Life. What's going on? Hi. Yes. So um, we are a homeschooling family. Um, um, 
So my eldest son is seven, and one of the things that the Lord had brought to my attention is that um, he's been always complaining. I mean, kids does that, but it's overly complaining. And um, and when I try to um, investigate on it, I kind of see or hear from him that he has he talks to him. He has negative self talk. You know, okay. as simple as um, I see it, as simple as when we're I'm giving him a new concept to learn, he would say, I can't do it. He would just withdraw okay. and mm-hmm. start complaining. Okay, okay I'm going to ask you something here, though. Homeschooling mom to homeschooling mom. Yes. Is, is this just in a school situation where he's, I need your instinct here, where he's actually just trying to get out of something? Like, I can't do it. It's too hard. Leave me alone. Yeah. Or is it, no, in, is it generally across the board in his life where when he feels challenged, he gets the I can'ts? Yes. That's, that's, um, yeah, it's, um, it's across. And okay. okay. It's Important to know. So how do you okay. respond to that right now? Like when, when, when you hear him doing that self-talk or kind of muttering under his breath that he can't do it, you know, wh- how do you respond to it now? So I kind of process with him, ask him how, why he feels that way, like what's making him feel that he can't do it. Like, you know, I'm like, for mm-hmm. example, yeah, like that. So I try to, okay. what are you feeling right now? So I kind of... Okay, you're you're going in the right direction, but let me just let me just kind of tweak it a little bit, okay? Because um, you're you 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 don't want to cheerlead, which is and you're not doing that, so that that that's great. Um, and you do want to empathize, and you're in the ballpark of empathy, uh, so that's good. But but the way you're doing it is actually um, unintentionally kind of reinforcing uh, the, his sense that he can't do it. So you know, if 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 I if you say to me, Audie, I can't do this, and I say, well. Well, tell me why you feel like you can't do it. And then you spend the next five minutes explaining to me why you can't do it. At the end of that five minutes, you are more convinced that you couldn't do it. Right, because you just gave yourself a whole TED Talk on it. You convinced your brain you can't do it. We do it as adults, too. Yeah, so again, I mean, you're heading in the right direction with the idea that you want to empathize with it. But let me just kind of nudge you in a little different direction about how to do it. Um, So what you want to do is say, you know what, I am so sorry you feel that way. That's really tough. I feel that way sometimes, too. Um. And it's really hard when you don't feel like you can do something, isn't it? Now, you're going you're to feel like that's the dumbest thing in the world to say because it, it doesn't say anything, really. I mean, you're, just, you're just acknowledging the feeling. But you'll be amazed all right, at the little light bulb that comes on when you say that because it'll be, Mom gets it. She, wow. And if you, if you actually can say, you know, and I feel that way a lot of the times, too, that I can't. Really? Okay, so so let him know that. Empathize with him just by acknowledging the feelings. Don't kind of go down the big road of why he feels that way. Step two is you want to say to him, you know what, though? When I feel that way, I try to remind myself of the other times that I felt like that, too, and what I did about it and how it worked out. So how about this? Why don't we think about, you know, I remember you told me that you couldn't do x yesterday or y the day before do you remember that yeah well how'd that work out i did it (laughs) yeah you did it okay well how did you do it well i just sort of you know did it i mean i I calmed down and i did that's right okay so well let's calm down first let's take a breath okay (sighs) all right now what's the next step then 
well, I, I gotta kind of like read the problem. Yeah, okay. Well, let's read the problem. Do you see what I'm doing? All right. So, so you the the point is, you're not telling him what to do. You're asking him when he has felt like he couldn't handle things in the past, but he handled them anyway. What did he do? Asking him to He's walk through the into process. His own abilities. Right. So you're leading him through that process where he can do it, and then applying it in the moment to that situation. So you're not trying to convince him that he can do it and lecture him. You're not trying to, you know, empathize by having him just wallow in it. You're not just cheerleading. Right. You're you're empathizing and then redirecting to experiences where he's or even you have felt that way before and how you guys got through it. You can also ask for God's grace in the moment, like we've been talking through the program and just saying, okay, Lord, please give us the grace to be able to walk through this step by step and know how to handle this. Now, that's, those, are, those are some ways to handle the immediate situation. There are also some bigger picture things you can do to help him develop a more positive attitude. Well, what it, it flows right from the immediate situation. One of the things that I want you to start doing is giving names to his skills. Okay, two things, names to his skills, names to his virtues. So when he says, I did this, I succeeded in that. What what did you do to get get in a place where you could make that happen? Did we learn it a little bit differently? Did you have a friend there at that party that made it easier for you to get through this? What were the actual things that were put in place? You name those things so that he can tap into them more quickly in his brain because they have names. He doesn't have to think of whole scenarios. But the other really, really important thing that I want you to start doing is naming his virtues, naming his strengths when you see them. I, I suggest you do this for all of your children so that when you see him tough it through that math lesson that he didn't think he could do, wow, you really showed fortitude in that. Good for you. That was impressive. And you got through it. You know, he gets through something. You really showed courage in doing that. That was really, that took a lot. And you rose to the occasion. Good job being courageous. These virtues are become much more important than if he succeeds, if he doesn't succeed, what his score is on a test, and it becomes something he knows he is. He starts to identify himself by uh, those. And this is different from just praising him. This is about Very. giving him resources, because later on you can say, well, you know, you, you need to show a little more fortitude here, when, and then he'll know because you... It listed the last 10 times he did it. The second thing I want you to do is at the end of the day, I want you to write down the successes that he's had. Exactly. Sit down with him and say, all right, well, let's take some five minutes and just think about the things that you accomplished today. You know, when were, when did you think it was, what, you know, what was hard to do today that you actually got through? Let's write those things down. And then let's praise God for them. Lord, thank you for helping me do well at this test. Thank you, Lord, when I didn't feel like I could do those problems well, that I actually got them all done and I got like 80% of them right. And thank you, Lord, for, you know, so, so write down the things that he accomplished with him and then praise God for them so that you can start to underscore those successes and accomplishments. Because right now he's just focusing too much on what he can't do, and the approach that you've taken is, is you know, unintentionally uh, reinforced that. So I think this approach is going to shift the whole focus onto um, successes without denying the struggle that it takes to get there. Uh, Adi, thank you so much for the question. We do talk more about how to do all of this in our parenting books, Parenting Your Kids with Grace. Check that out at catholiccounselors.com as well as all of other, our other parenting resources at catholiccounselors.com. As I mentioned earlier, you can also, we'd love to have you join our Facebook group at Catholic Home. 
That's Catholic HOM, stands for Households on Mission. If you just look on Facebook at Catholic HOM Family Discipleship, you can check that out. But there are lots of other resources at CatholicCounselors.com, including learning more about the Pastoral Solutions Institute's telecounseling practice. Work with a faithful, professional Catholic professional counselor to transform your family life. God bless. You've been listening to More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa Popchek. More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and is carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Dan McGraw. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net.